0: Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Podcast See, holding on is what you do. These three guys they have the news. It's Bitcoin podcast, baby. Welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. Bitcoin podcast.
2: to the Bitcoin podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bitcoin podcast, flagship show of the Bitcoin podcast network. Welcome to episode two sixty four, and I'm your first host,
3: and I am host number two, Dimitrik.
0: Host number three, Dr. Corey Petty. What's up, guys? How was your week?
3: My week was good, but not bro tank good. Both of you guys are in bro tanks right now.
0: Yeah, it's that time Did of the year. Man. Man. I'm, I'm rocking a bro tank as much as I can now.
3: Um, My week was pleasant. It was a short work week. I didn't get home when I wanted to due to American Airlines being a steaming pile of shit. But I did eventually get to where I wanted to be and had some restful days. And yeah, getting a lot of stuff done. So it's your week.
0: Cello? Are you alive?
3: Is he frozen? Oh, he's frozen. He's super
0: frozen. Okay. All right, cool. I thought he was was super stoned, cold face staring at us for a hot second. (laughs) I was like, he's so still. How is he doing that? Uh, How was your week, man? Uh, my week was good. I didn't, uh, I didn't get a terrible amount done, much as I'd like to. I'm gonna, <laughs> s- I'm gonna spend most of the Saturday working. Had a nice, had a nice Fourth of July. Went out to a, like a beach bar in, in Baltimore. Thought it was gonna rain. Didn't rain.
3: It's always nice.
0: And then yesterday, I had some, some fun with friends on a nice Friday. Took a little half day on Friday.
3: I bet people think we live such like relaxed lives.
0: I mean, we kind of For the of, most
3: part they are pretty relaxed.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I live a pretty relaxed life. I Man, I work a lot, but yeah. it's at a relaxed pace.
3: Work hard, play hard. That's a song. Yeah, it's a good song. So, um let's get into some some stuff that we need to talk about. So, for those of you that aren't in the Slack, you don't know, but for a very long time we've been li- wanting to do merchandise on a store. That houses merchandise. And guess what? We have it. We've got a store. You can get fanny packs. You can get bean bag covers. You can get shirts. You can get bomber jackets. Yeah, what's you can up stickers. with the bean
0: bag cover? Ain't nobody going to order a bean bag cover.
3: Well, that's just in case you want to take the cover off of your bean bag chair and Who has put a our cover bag? on it. Well, people that are 12 and people. <laughs> People that are also maybe
0: 16. There's like so have we use a bags. we use a service called Printful that allows us to kind of make products pretty quickly, uh, and then they then they fulfill yep. it and drop ship it for us. And so like there's a there's a whole plethora of options we so can make stuff and put our brand on it and put it in the store. And for some reason or another, y'all chose bean bag to put in there and like the first products available.
3: Well, I don't I don't think it's like a I think there's a beanbag chair and there's a beanbag like for people that play hacky sack. I know no, there's some, some like hacky a sack cover. In our it's like a
0: beanbag cover. And nobody yeah, put a cover on their hacky sack beanbag. Don't
3: judge people. All worry, right, if someone buys that,
0: if someone buys that, I will retract that statement, but no ain't, yeah. no one going to buy that.
3: Okay, I bet you, I anyway, bet you someone buys it. Anyway,
0: there's some cool <laughs> shirts you can get you can get swag from all the shows.
3: There's a bomber jacket
0: the bomber jacket it's a
3: nice is bomber bomb. jacket it's pretty bomb we're gonna we're gonna put polos on there we're gonna put everything on there and you could just go and buy tpp stuff mouse pads everything coffee cups who still uses mouse coffee
0: pads. cups that look like creatine bottles yep
3: i think jesse is making some pre-workout gummy bears that's weird but <laughs> it TV, happens
0: making pre-workout gummy bears
3: that's a very Jesse-like thing. To Soon there will Just be shower. our book
0: on there. Book's not on there yet. We'll put that on there. Yeah. Maybe there's some One underwear on
3: there. Yep. Cello's going to sell his bath water on there.
2: I want to take showers, bruh. He's going to sell his shower drippings on there. No, nah, I'll sell my used mouthwash. <laughs> there we go.
3: Corey, <laughs> you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. You guys know what I'm talking about? No. This is like Instagram famous girl who calls herself Gamer Girl is making a living off of thirsty dudes. Her name is like Belle DeFine or something. And she has 4.4 4 million followers and knows that they're all thirsty gamer dudes. So she'll like say, hey, if I get 100,000 likes on this, I'll put a video on Pornhub. And she'll get the likes, obviously. And the video says Belle Dafine stroking two cocks. And it's just her with two chickens. And she's like petting the chickens. <laughs> so she's just trolling Thirsty dudes. And so her latest troll was, I'm selling my bath water. And she took, she'd took, take a bath and she'd take her water. And she'd cap it and she'd sell it to people for $30 a pop. And it sold out in like less than 30 minutes. Thousands of dollars of bath water. I
0: don't want to live in this world anymore.
3: Yeah, I don't want to live in this world either. But that's the world we live in, Corey. Yeah, that's expensive. So Cello, that's expensive. start balling up that mouthwash <laughs> and getting some thirsty moms out there to buy her <laughs> yeah. mouthwash.
0: Anyway, <laughs> anyway, go to the store, buy stuff. Uh, We have a discount code.
3: Yeah, the discount code for listening to today's shows is Andreas. Yeah.
0: Uh, so use the Andreas, get 10% off your whole order. And then we can actually right. see who the hell is listening to us versus who's in the Slack. Because the Slack got a different discount code. Because we're being savvy marketers. That's right. We're savvy like that. So, <laughs> um.
3: We have some other stuff to talk about, right, Shello? Isn't there like a, like a website that no. rhymes with Oro and starts with the E? Or nope. that's not happening yet? Okay. No. Never mind. Psych. Dude, you're terrible uh, at this. What are you talking about? Jesus so good Christ. At this. Um, so moving on. Let's get into some talking points. We're also sponsored
2: by Blueberry Cheerios. Did you guys hear my intro? Because my computer froze. Right when We I didn't hear things. anything
0: you said. You're like, "Hey, I'm cello," we, and then yeah. you're like, stone cold stared at us for like five minutes, and we thought you were mad.
2: No, we heard the we heard the.
0: Oh, I, I, got, a, I got a
2: brand new Mac, and ever since I got it, it freezes sometimes. So, hmm. thanks Apple.
0: I'm trying to think of a pun here, and I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. Okay, um, so.
3: Let's talk about some, some crypto stuff right before we go into a pretty leaky interview. There's something in the interview we touched on.
2: Andreas. and
3: It is Andreas. It's
2: Anyone back. who's listening <laughs> <on> to episodes episode <laughs> just is going to fast forward us talking and get straight to Andreas.
3: Well, they're going to miss all this juicy yeah, that. delicates that we give people. <laughs> and juicy delicatessent conversation. Um,
2: was this really the sixth time he was on? Fifth. It's fifth. Fifth time. There will be a sixth,
3: though. I set it up. Set it up. But... Um, Facebook, I hate that we have to keep talking about this, but it is fairly relevant. Facebook launches Libra and they get together their band of cohorts and they're going to make the brand new cronies. They get, even Coinbase is in there, just a consortium of about 28 different crazy large companies. And they say, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make a currency because we're that baller. And they tried. And they tried it, but almost instantaneously, That's like the instant United in the
0: past. States. It's not done yet. They're fighting it. Keep
3: going. Why do not you let me tell my story?
0: She's telling it wrong.
3: I'm not telling it wrong. I'm not. I'm just not telling it in the way you tell it. So, anyways, Facebook says we're gonna make this currency called Libra, and the U.S. government says no, you're not. And they put it. They said, hey, we're gonna need you to stop that. They slapped a moratorium on them, and they said, you stop it, you stop it right now. What is that? A so cease and desist? It's not a cease and desist. It's basically stop doing that.
0: It's a fancy way left. to say, stop doing that.
3: It's a fancy way to say, stop doing that. We, we want to look at it first. So either one of two things is going to happen. The U.S. government's going to go in there and say, yeah, you can't compete with our money. That's stupid. You're a company. Be a company. Or they're going to say, you can keep doing this, but we want to cut. We want a very large Uncle Sammy cut. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's going to be the latter.
0: Upgrade. Go get his money.
3: Oh, yeah. Uncle Sam gets his. So I'm guessing it's going to be the latter because it is a huge opportunity for a U.S. company to basically be like a remittance magnet of the whole planet. They're trying to be the M-Pesa of the planet. If you don't know what M-Pesa is, Google it. I don't have time to educate y'all. But <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you guys think? It, it, this, this paints a very vivid picture of why we got into crypto. And what crypto actually is about.
0: I see I see it very much like what happened what played out with uh early peer to peer file sharing networks like Napster, right? Uh they got shut down because there's a central authority to shut down. Yep. And the next iteration um got better about not having something like that, so it couldn't be shut down.
2: That's what I'm oh, you Yeah, Kingdom.com like uh, he capitalized uh, on yeah. that.
0: But like Who? uh the I mean, interesting part about, about this is that like there doesn't need to be a next iteration. The part that isn't centralized already exists it's It's like we went backwards this time, but it's, it's it goes to show you that if there is something that can be shut down when you're trying to make censorship censorship resistant things, it will be shut down. Mm. that's it, it's just it's if if the government knows who to call, then they call that person and say, "Hey, cut that shit out."
3: <laughs> you said what about Kim dot com, Joe?
2: Do you know who Kim dot com is? Yeah, he's a fat white guy who plays video games. I
0: don't think yeah, that fat
2: white guy, guy made Mega Share, who capitalized yeah. on uh, failed Napster and caused and became a multi millionaire. Is he white? What did he say no, about big it? White guy. Nothing. I'm I'm saying what like Corey's saying like these companies will come out with something, then the government will shut down, and then somebody will capitalize on that. Opportunity, so Libra is either going to be successful, and if it's not, it's just going to be a stepping stone to something else.
0: But that's what I'm saying. Like the, step, the, the something, something else, else already exists. Already exists. Bitcoin has existed
2: for a decade. Uh, yeah, but we're we're talking uh, uh, on a mass adoption scale. You know, my dad and mom talking me about Libra.
0: Well, the, the reason why they, they're talking they about headlines. it is because Facebook already has the like market. Of people, yeah. right? People already have Facebook in their hands, so to them, they're just getting a new, or potentially, a new function or new feature, and right. That's that's adoption,
2: though. Either it's the right kind it's or the adopting, wrong kind,
0: it's it's adoption of something. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what it is yet. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that but it's interesting it, though because they're the ones that are now the interface towards the government towards technologies like this because it's quote unquote. Big B blockchain into the government. It's all the same for the most part. I mean, that, don't get me wrong. Like there's people within the uh, teams that are supposed to look at these things that understand blockchain quite well and are trying to figure out how to deal with it. But like more or less, like blockchain is just one big word, and now the main interface for um, defending it is Facebook and and those involved with Libra.
3: I think. I think in general marketers need to be reined in before they start ruining this industry again like no more blockchain not bitcoin no more of these dumbass phrases no more of this lame ass shit let's just tell the marketers to calm down they'll make their money yeah
0: you, but you'll like get your
3: money you'll get your clout just sh- shut the fuck up and let us build on this and let us make it what it's it not all to gonna be. be
0: built on bitcoin I'm not convinced that Bitcoin is going to be the main thing for the rest of the all for the Bitcoin rest of the Bitcoin is
3: going to be money. Bitcoin is going to be
2: the money. I'm still not it's convinced,
0: just... and I'm not. I'm I'm not going to make hard bets like that for the for it's going the. It's going to be the money,
2: like, like replacing fiat. No. Yes.
0: No. It no. won't. Like it's. It's it just, just. It's. Just...
2: Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Well, say, off, say why it won't. So you're it, saying you won't. Either so way,
0: we can't why. know. It being that absolute about things is just stupid. Yeah. Being, being 100% no. behind any one of these technologies and saying it's going to be the thing for the future is a stupid thing to say. No, it's not. It's polarizing. It's not stupid. That's I'm
3: not, I'm saying it's not stupid because it is a sound currency that no one owns. I'm saying it's not stupid because there's more than enough units within how it breaks down to have commerce on a global scale. I'm saying it's not stupid because there's more than enough technology that can be built in the second layer that helps it be the money. You're saying well, it's you guys capable of, you're of saying no. Yeah, you're saying it's. You're saying it's capable of,
2: it. capable of it, but not. You're, but you're saying, saying it's hard definitely
3: no, going to happen. There's also, yes. there's also. a you guys a are cult. being just as absolute. There's also a cult. You guys of are being just as absolute.
0: No, I'm saying I don't know and I can't know. Yeah, That's yeah, not absolute. There's 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 bad things associated with Bitcoin too. It moves at a snail's pace when a lot of things are moving elsewhere. There's adoption going on elsewhere that is not taking a part of Bitcoin because they're moving faster. There's a cultish behavior behind the Bitcoin ecosystem that refuses to look at other technologies and take lessons from it. Every single cryptocurrency in this entire
3: ecosystem has a cultish group of people behind it. Every one of them. Not so much.
0: Very so much. There are, there are maximalists within every single uh, network. I'll, I'll give you that. But I've been to DevCon twice now. Okay. I'm going to go a third time this year. I'm like,
3: God damn, some weird motherfuckers out here. Do some yeah. weird
0: shit. That doesn't mean they're cultish. It just means they're d- different people. The they're first
3: not- thing I think about cult people is, y'all, some weird motherfuckers. Like, that's the very first thought that and I have.
0: Are you going to tell me there's not cultish behavior behind Bitcoin?
3: Yeah, I already said that. It's well, just what's it's the point way that, more So All I'm Bitcoin saying system. is that there isn't a better currency that exists on the planet
0: than Bitcoin right now. There's not. Okay. I disagree with that. I disagree. Okay. What are your disagreements? What are my disagreements? It's not safe. How is it not safe? I don't know. Maybe all that money they took from ATMs. You can't build services on top of it and people, regular people use it without them potentially getting their money stolen by some hacker
3: okay people don't know how to
0: handle private keys people are the wallets
3: false that has nothing to do with bitcoin that's the people building on top of it building shitty things this is like i feel like we're going backwards in time why are we going backwards can't hack bitcoin you can't that's people building shitty services on top getting hacked we've already crossed that bridge.
0: people have to understand how to use it appropriately before they can safely use it. And people don't know how to do that because they have to change their behavior and it's very difficult for them to do that. And when you try and build services on top of it that then allow them to do it that's maybe more in line with how they're supposed to, because the fundamentals of how Bitcoin works, it's very, very difficult to do and becomes unsafe the further you move away from like proper use of Bitcoin. And then regular people aren't going to learn proper use of Bitcoin. So you have a problem there. There's a serious problem there with adoption.
3: Well, then... That not learning how to do something that is going to be the way is just going to be some people that can't compete as well as others. Point blank period.
0: I don't even know what you're trying to say.
3: What I'm trying to say is that the people that are going to learn how to use it are the ones that are going to stand to benefit the most.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, if it's going to be a small section of people, then who cares? It's not but it it's won't. It's global. It's not, it's not life changing for the world. I don't understand how you guys don't event.
3: understand this. They're trading massive amounts of food with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is getting a derivatives market. Bitcoin is getting like physically backed futures. It is going to be the money. A derivatives
0: market Even on top Ethereum of Bitcoin? Ethereum isn't doing is, those things. Is going, <laughs> Ethereum is definitely doing those things.
3: But Ethereum is doing those things in its own little Ethereum world. And that's great and it's cute. And it's going to work for internet people. But it's not going to work for people that are actually like, doing things in the actual real world. Bitcoin uh, is moving from the internet land. Most businesses that are using real. blockchain
0: are built on top of Ethereum. The enterprises that are trying to adopt this thing to do these types of things you're talking about, where you're trading food and building business business relationships, are building on top of Ethereum.
3: But what's being used to actually trade the good? Which one of the Ethereum cryptocurrencies?
0: And whatever token they use. It's like the, the things that are like, I'd say the more adoption in terms of the things you just specified is, is, is Ethereum. I hard beg to differ. All right. Because the price does not reflect. You can beg to differ all you want. It's true. It's not, it's not a point it's of argument. It's true as, as true as, as fucking not. If Bitcoin <laughs> is a better currency or a better hard currency to be used in places where hard currencies are, don't don't exist very well businesses aren't using it it's not stable enough for a business to use it because the volatility of it but no business is going to use bitcoin for their back-end infrastructure businesses aren't using any of this it. it. i said will it. be oh, will be i said maybe. will be maybe it's got potential to do that i hope it is but i'm not going to say it is well that's it that's you just start. you're just putting yourself into a narrow-minded cult that refuses to look elsewhere for other things that could work better
3: it's not true because I'm the one that recommended we start talking about other currencies in the first place. So I'm not putting myself in a narrow-minded cult of people. I just understand that certain things have certain boundaries and everybody wants everything to be everything, and that's not the case. Ethereum's not going to be currency. Nobody's going to be walking be. around spending Ether on Cheetos. You're, right. You're going to be spending be, but Dai on could computation.
0: Die very much could be, and that's built on top of Ethereum. No. It's a well done stablecoin.
3: It is a well done stablecoin. It needs to be used. And that's for That's something Ethereum a business things. would use. They need to. They need to be used for Ethereum things. Is what cute. does that even mean? What do you think? What it means? What's the theory that a lot of people, like it's most, a virtual most Bitcoin, machine. is
0: actually being flooded into the Ethereum network as wrapped Bitcoin and then used within that network? What? A lot of Bitcoin, millions and millions and millions of dollars, are being flooded into into Ethereum as wrapped Bitcoin. Which is, a, which is basically a wrapper of Bitcoin. So you can trade it on Ethereum and use it within Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum applications.
3: I mean, that's cute. Millions cute. and millions, millions and millions of dollars is cute, Corey. Amazon spent millions of dollars while we've been talking. I mean, millions of dollars is cute. You
0: just really want Bitcoin to be the one thing.
3: No, when I give you, one thing, you alternate I'm saying evidence it's that going it's, the it's, it's going to be the one money, it's going to be the one money. Like we're showing that like it's going to be Bitcoin versus fiat and fiat is going to be cutely wrapped in some sort of crypto fucking schema. And that's just going to be that. That's it's going to be that it's going to be fiat versus Bitcoin. And fiat's going to be trying to morph as much as it possibly can to stay relevant in a world that's globalizing when, hey, there's a global currency currency right there. And yeah, it moves slow and yeah, it may not upgrade. And yeah, you can't put crypto titties and crypto kitties on top of it. But guess what you can do? You can actually pay for somebody for some shit and it can be reasonably done.
0: I hope you're right. I'm not willing to say it's going to happen.
1: (sighs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And and,
2: and, By the way, once y'all's... theories come to fruition, we'll be on episode 3000 anyway. Better. If it fails or if it happens, it's not going to happen in the next 20 years anyway. So who cares? Go to Andres. I care.
0: Another, another um, person that's going to probably back you up in a lot of, th- in a lot of ways. Uh, but I would also argue that he won't say what will happen. He will say, this is what could happen and why I think, why I think it should and probably will. Because then you turn into a preacher. Yeah, You can't, you can't do that. You're really? proselytizing and preaching, and and that's just a—it's just not a solid way to move about because you you close yourself off to things that could be happening. I if like you, that if you word. need it to be true. This is a this quote, is quote that I've size. always loved. Carl Sagan said this: "You can't convince a believer of anything because of their deep-seated need to believe." And if you if you hold hold something so true, and you need it to be so true so much that you're going to just refuse outside evidence to the contrary because you need it to be true. And you, in this space, regardless of what coin you follow, you need to watch yourself from doing that. And that's just, I think that's just good general advice. What
3: I'd say to Carl Sagan is this he's dead, right? Yeah. Okay. What I'd say to Carl Sagan is this something's got to be true. All right. So you're going to get off the fence, you're going to get on the right side or the left side of the fence but you got to get on one of those fucking sides, Mr. Sagan. And then I would drop the mic, walk away, come back, pick it up, drop it again. And then I would say, I love your shows. Science is cool. And I would walk away.
0: And he would look at you like a fucking idiot. It's all right. <laughs> because
3: all right. I wouldn't see him looking because I'd be walking away. Let's
0: move away from an argument right. that's never going to be solved because you won't It listen. won't. Because you guys won't listen. Okay. That's... <laughs> I'm telling you that things could happen to change this course of his, this course of the future that you think is going to be true. And you say, there's no possible way that can ever happen. What I'm saying is going to be true.
3: Yeah. I'm taking it who's to the being long more tail. Realistic here. I'm taking it to the long tail. All right. All right. Taken as the limit approaches. All right. That's what I'll I'm let, doing. I'll
0: let the audience decide who's being unreasonable.
3: Hopefully they do so. Uh, by going to our store. <laughs> so store dot the Hey, we so, should have
2: uh, a we should have a shirt in the store called D's wrong or Corey's Wrong. And if you support one of them, you buy the shirt and you wear it.
0: How about D's an yeah. idiot or Corey's an idiot? I prefer that. <laughs>
2: okay.
3: Yeah, let's do that. One shirt will be green. It'll say D's an idiot. And one no wait. Yep. That's uh, gonna be uh, the right D's one. That's idiot. definitely the right one. <laughs> and the green shirt will be
0: will say D's an idiot.
3: One will be blue, and it'll say, Corey's an idiot. And if you support Corey, you buy the blue shirt. If you support D, you buy the green shirt. And we'll give you a 10% discount by using the code ANDREAS. Uh, granted, this is we remember to make the damn shirts after <laughs> we get
1: done recording.
3: <laughs> all right. Um, maybe we should make a note. Let's just move but, on to
0: Andreas, and then we'll figure right. it out later.
3: So Without further ado, we bring you Andreas Antonopoulos. He is the true uh, true Bitcoin advocate, true cryptocurrency advocate. He is a very, very sure, well-spoken man. Um, he's been advocating for crypto for many years. If you don't know who he is and you got into crypto, then you probably just got into crypto because uh, he is the man with the master plan. So here D is right. It is. And hello, everyone. We are very excited to bring you this interview. It's been a while since we had interviews, but I like to think this is a great way to come back from the break. Because for the fifth time now, in a league of his own, he's come on the Bitcoin podcast to to share his wisdom so gracefully, as he always does. Uh, We have the man, the myth the legend himself, Andreas Antonopoulos, joining us um, from a location in the world. And <laughs> and uh, this is, so so welcome back, Andreas. This is number five. Well, for you. Thank you, you so much. You, you're welcome. Either you like coming back to the show. I gather you wouldn't have come back five times.
4: So. I, I do. I do. I always enjoy these interviews. Thank you so much for um, hosting me again.
0: Would you say this is your favorite podcast?
4: <laughs> uh, it's it's one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah. All right, we'll go with that. Yeah, I'll stick. With
0: we'll take podcast. it. We'll be clipping that. <laughs> Considering you make your own podcast, like you can't really say. It. <laughs> well, uh, well, who? Yeah, what's what's uh what's changed? The last time you were on, that was August of 2018. What's changed? What's new? What's hip?
4: Well, August, I was just about finishing my book, which got published, um, in December. Yep. So, um, what was it? Four months later, I published, um, Mastering Ethereum and, um, that was a success in some quarters and a, um, a horrible betrayal in others, depending mm-hmm. on how you look at it. Oh yeah. I, uh, guess, I guess I could see that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i i've um i've since been uh preparing some of my next work um and uh building up to another book as well as um a bunch of other activities i just finished a tour in europe where i visited uh seven cities i'm about to do my seventh city which will be Athens greece um so seven cities in 28 days uh quite a big uh busy tour are you
0: tired of of roaming the country roaming the world and talking about proselytizing
4: no not at all i mean this is um this is my favorite part of the job i mean it's physically tiring but it's emotionally rejuvenating because i get to i basically get to meet all of the people who make it possible for me to have this ridiculously wonderful job uh, instead of a job and (laughs) you know what i mean Yeah. Uh, yeah and and uh i get to I get to meet people in different communities and hear about why they got into crypto and what interests them and and what they're using it for and um hear about all of these interesting projects and visit these great communities so no it's it's my favorite part of the job.
3: I think we appreciate you for it because you're you're basically my artillery whenever I on ramp something in uh, someone I say. And by the way, just go straight to this guy, Andreas, because if I missed anything, uh, he definitely filled the
4: gap. So, Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. So how yes, has – go ahead. I, as I like to think of my role in, uh, in crypto, I, I, I like to say that I'm the Walmart greeter of crypto. <laughs> it's a great... I'm, I'm the i'm the non-threatening yeah. person you meet at the front door mm-hmm. who goes well welcome to the store folks can i interest you in some guacamole on aisle four <laughs> <Somewhere>, <laughs> but you gotta be careful
0: Someone <laughs> mentioned that in the slack uh so we have, we have like a community slack that people go in and talk to and someone mentioned that the other day when we were talking about your videos and i was like that's got to be a well-paying greeter job like that's the best that's the most well-paid walmart greeter i've ever heard of
4: Oh, well, I mean, um, yeah, it basically nowadays I basically live off tips, uh, which is really great because, you know, in the early days, in order to make this work as as an actual job, um, I had to keep chasing banks and commercial conferences and corporations to pay me to come and tell them why Bitcoin will destroy their industry, which was fun for a while. but. You know, it gets old and it it involves constantly chasing after the next job. But nowadays, for the last year and a half, um, I've been operating primarily off uh, Patreon donations. And so I'm funded um, primarily through Patreon, which um, and and not just me, but I have a staff of nine people now, um, which allows me to, to, to reach much further and to get a lot more done. And that's all funded through Patreon. So basically, I'm funded by the community itself, who um, who who don't get much in return. Um, they they you know the, the, there aren't there aren't that many you know perks to being a patron. Uh, you can ask questions for my monthly Q and A, you know, uh, and every now and then I get some discounted tickets for conferences and stuff like that. But the main the main thing they get is is to to help me do this work and, and keep doing it and, and do it more broadly so it's uh it's really nice because it there's something special about living off the tips of the people you're helping
3: last time so so to that, you know no last time you were on, you were saying you have this cycle of about every six months you get a brand new people brand new faces uh brand new attitudes toward crypto because they're just now finding it or just now bought into the crazy shit their nephew says, and what in the, so it's been since August, what, 2018. So it's been a good six months. How how's that changed with this cycle?
4: Are people? Oh, we're back in it? We're back in the bubble, right? So it's yeah. um, we're we're back in FOMO territory. So a uh, a whole bunch of people now contacting me, both you know old friends from high school and people I've only met once, or people I've never met who contact me on Twitter and like. Is this a good time to buy? I just got involved in Krypton. I, I need you to tell me if if, <laughs> if now is a, a good time to buy. Um, and so, you know, my usual answer is uh, this is a good time to learn. Um, it's always a good time to learn. Um, and once you feel you've learned enough that you feel it's a good time to buy, maybe then is a good time to buy. But um, if you start by buying and not by learning, it's not a good time.
0: And you'll see mm. the inevitable face of disappointment when you say that to them, because they wanted oh, you to yeah. say it's a golden time to buy. You're going to get rich,
4: right? Yeah, Um yeah. I don't do that really. Yeah. Um, but uh but yeah, it's 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 getting into that territory again. Um I actually sent out a warning on Twitter. I think it was about a month ago that I was beginning to get a whole new rush of. Uh, endorsement, ICO, um, uh, influencer marketing messages on every channel, like more than ten a day, um, and that had been quieted down after 2017, mm-hmm. and now it started pumping again. So I'm like, okay, we're back in that territory. So everybody, put your critical thinking caps on and and be very careful because the scammers have now figured out that it's a good time to be in this game again. And they're back, you know, they had gone away. Um, when the price dumped, they went away, which was great. Um, and now they're back again. So that's always an early warning.
0: We actually, we actually discussed that tweet on the show, uh, maybe two episodes ago, I want to say, um, Mm. and me and me and one of my, one of the co-hosts who's not here today, fortunately, so he can't defend himself. Uh, argued on whether or not that was mainly done for a warning or for virtue signaling because people have to trust you. And when you do things like that, it helps them understand that you're trustworthy and so on and so forth. And people take advantage of virtue signaling. I considered it more of a warning of the sign of the times in terms of this shit is happening again. Be prepared for it. And this is a signal that like we're turning around into a similar type scenario that was previously had.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, um, how about 50-50? Let's split the difference. Um, maybe it was 50% a warning and 50% virtue signaling. Um, you know, the thing about virtue signaling is it's used as um, like a bad term, especially in certain quarters. It depends on the motivation. Um, right, right. I, I think virtue signaling is a, is a very important mechanism by which society um, propagates morality and so what, what what virtue signaling is 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 expressing what your um what you consider virtuous and it's far better than the opposite which which i call malice signaling which is um which is basically um expressing negative um negative sentiments or malice uh to, to gain brownie points from people who share your your bigotry or malice or whatever but virtue signaling is basically telling the world these are the things i believe in um and they they should be reinforced as principles and we should all you know sign on to things that are positive in the world and 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 distance ourselves from things that are negative in the world expressing principles you can call it virtue signaling uh i, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing when it's hypocritical, meaning that you don't actually hold those principles. You just scream them. Um, th- then, then certainly, but that's, in that case, the problem is hypocrisy, not, not the message itself. So in this particular case, you know, I've long made it known that I don't do endorsements. Uh, I never do endorsements. I don't do, um, advisory services where I pump companies. I don't, I don't allow people to use my name in marketing. And, and I've invited many other people to do that, uh, especially those who have been burned by unscrupulous companies. I was lucky enough to learn that lesson early on, and it's, it's helped me a lot. So, uh, yeah, I think part of it was warning, and part of it was basically saying, you should also be refusing to take this money. Because, um, and, and actually I had a bit of a, a bit of a conflict with someone who said, you know, there's nothing wrong with influencer marketing. It's a valid marketing strategy for companies, um, and I disagree with that. I, I think there's there's plenty wrong with influencer marketing. It's not illegal. it's not um, It's not always scammy, but but it's not a good way to engage a potential audience. I think what it does mm-hmm. is it 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 trains people to um, follow authority and to do appeal to authority so i'm going to take my critical thinking off and instead do something because somebody else says it's good i mean that's that's not a good thing to train people to do and so i i don't think influencer marketing is something that should be endorsed i think it should be something that should be opposed even even though i know it works um i'm still opposed to it
3: i don't like it either so That's somewhere I don't even like the word. I don't like that my nieces and nephews want to grow up and be influencers. But let's not get on that topic. Let's. I
4: I I I I hate I hate being called an influencer.
3: Yeah, it's the most cockamamie term. But anyways, uh, let me get off my soapbox. Let's talk about Bitcoin. We haven't talked about Bitcoin in a while.
0: I know Jesse has some questions. You're being quiet, Jesse. Say something.
5: Um. So I guess something long, long long term.
0: Where do you see uh, where do
5: you see all the electricity coming from to perpetually
4: keep Bitcoin in proof of work? Oh, um, went straight to brass tax. all right that's a that's an interesting question. Um, renewable energy, really is Is where I see it coming from? Uh, I think it's a great investment of electricity. I think it's a great use of electricity um, because building uh, a system that is uh secure and robust for everybody on the planet and open to everyone is is a great use of energy. Uh, you know I think we have a lot of this argument going around that um bitcoin's a waste of energy or that it's bad for the environment, both of which miss the point. First of all, saying it's a waste of energy is making a judgment, or rather, substituting your own judgments for the judgments of a market. The market doesn't believe it's a waste of energy. The market believes it's a good allocation of energy because um, because it's profitable to allocate it that way, and people are willing to pay for that energy. So markets have already decided it's a good use of energy. Who are you to say otherwise? Um, and on the other hand, people say it's it's bad for the environment. Well, it's it's actually only bad for the environment. Um, if the source of the energy is, is carbon positive, um, if it's carbon neutral or even carbon negative, then it's actually good for the environment because it, um, subsidizes the manufacture of alternative energy sources that are not easy to distribute or consume at the point of production. So I think both of those arguments are basically wrong. Um, and I think they're, they're kind of easy, clickbaity headlines to make, but um, miss the mark of what this is all about.
0: Do you feel there's ever going to be um, a different consensus mechanism that offers the same level of security without the the, the uh, outside energy sources and the cost associated I with it?
4: I, I don't know. Um, but I, I don't know because I can never say never. Um, especially about technology, I think it's, it's foolish to make absolute predictions. Yeah. What, what I can say is that security is something valuable, and uh, valuable things carry cost, especially in things that have a game theoretic, uh, model where you have to have a, a cost, um, associated with, um, the risk of loss, where otherwise, if you only have reward, then people can game the system. so you do need a cost of some sort, and security is something that's very valuable as as an outcome, and therefore it has to have some cost. You can't get it for free if If you can get it for free, then then you're not getting security. So you know the, is energy the best way to associate cost? From, from some perspective, it is because every resource on this planet ultimately is produced by energy. Whether that's solar energy, every resource is produced by energy. So essentially, energy is the lowest point on the entropy ladder. And if you can convert that energy directly uh, into heat in a very efficient way, then that's the most efficient way to associate cost with security. ASICs are pretty much the most efficient mechanism we've ever built to associate energy resources and cost to security. So I don't know if you can find a more efficient way to do it. I certainly don't think you can find a less resource-intensive way to do it because then all you're doing is getting less security. Hmm. So if you think that about it, I,
3: how
4: ahead, how secure is Bitcoin? Well, it's it's so many gigawatts secure. Um that's the metric. You can say it's so many gigawatts secure. So can you make it less gigawatt intensive? Yes, you can make it less gigawatt secure. Um <laughs> but but that's not a that's not necessarily a good thing. Um does it need to be that secure? That's a market function. So that's a question that's answered best by the automatic difficulty adjustment. And I think the market at some point um we'll we'll see a point where it's not worth having more security in Bitcoin because the economy of Bitcoin isn't big enough to sustain it. And if that's the case, the difficulty will drop. Um, but until that's reached, as long as the economy keeps getting bigger and it needs more security to support a bigger economy, then energy is the best way to do that.
0: The obvious, the obvious uh, naysayer argument to what you've just said is – that may be true, but what's really important is the fairness of the efficiency of that, of that energy conversion, right? How, how well. I, I, I don't
4: know what that means. How, so, like,
0: um, the distribution of machines across the globe so that people can equally participate in this security. Yeah. yeah. Not,
5: not only that fuel, right? Because by 2060, I guess, is the, the number people like to throw around is when we'll run out of petroleum. And most electricity is generated through petroleum, right? So, I
4: don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's a problem with production, not consumption. Yeah. Um, ar- arguably, if uh, if if we run out of uh, petroleum, um, then the price of producing electricity through petroleum s- skyrockets, and then it's much cheaper to produce it through solar energy. All of the miners switch to solar. Um, miners hunt the cheapest form of energy, and right now. The cheapest form of energy is unconsumed energy. It's energy that is pr- produced in excess mm. of local consumption or distribution, basically waste energy, um, energy that cannot be consumed. That's the cheapest form. It's less than uh, even the cheapest form that people throw around, which is coal. Even cheaper than that is isolated electricity sources where there's not enough demand in the local area. So, um you know, if if we're concerned about environmental damage, then what we need to do is incorporate the cost of environmental damage into the electricity markets, which is something that, you know, politically has been problematic for many, many decades, but really needs to happen. If if you incorporate the the cost of carbon production so that burning oil is much more expensive than carbon neutral energy, then the price of burning oil goes up miners stop burning oil and they move to energy sources that don't burn oil it's very very simple and in fact it's the only market-based approach that that works
3: let's put simple on quotations but it is a <laughs> it would be a grateful solution um I it's don't know
4: technically very simple and it's yeah. the, and it's the most direct form of economic intervention that you can have but there is a lack of political um, willingness to do that because of primarily the oil lobbies mm-hmm.
3: just if I were working in the energy industry and somebody said like oh I could turn the sun into money let's figure that out that's why, that's why I can't I don't see why that hasn't hit anyone like a lightning bolt yet and because
4: it's not profitable to the oil companies
3: well it should be profitable to the to to the solar solar energy companies but they're just not thinking like that
4: they haven't bought enough politicians
3: ah there it is those damn politicians yeah
4: i want i want to get back to what i what i mentioned
0: before the actual cost of energy production uh was and that's the the distribution of the machines that are using that energy and their efficiency of turning that into security in in bitcoin and previously mm-hmm. what you had mentioned I think a couple of years ago, or maybe even a year ago, your your argument to this was um, when ASIC started becoming produced, uh, they were far behind Moore's law, and basically yeah. the first person that uh, came up like the, the the rate of production was so fast that it didn't unless you were on the leading edge, you were probably going to be behind if you tried to produce. And until we got to the within,
4: point within within months, yeah, yeah. Um, and so yep. until
0: we caught up to Moore's Law, um, you're not going to see a fair distribution of producers of the ASIC technology. Have we done that yet? Has it has anything changed? Is that argument still valid? Yes.
4: That, that happened in 2016. Um, so in 2016, the ASIC manufacturer reached the front end of Moore's Law at about 12 nanometers. Um, and I think the last generation before that happened was the um the antminer s9 and since then um you know that was the first piece of equipment that didn't simply get obsolete within 3 months and effectively has now had a 2 year life life cycle where it's still profitable to mine with equipment from 2017 that's because there isn't another 10x increase in efficiency um, to be had so um, when the equipment is no longer obsolete in two years then the entire economics of that industry changes it becomes about accumulating more and producing it at volume and at scale rather than um, being able to distribute it from the manufacturing facility to the closest energy source um, and where most of your cost is in the distribution of those chips rather than the electricity. Now it's about how efficiently you can um, build up infrastructure with the existing chips that don't become obsolete in three months. The economics have changed dramatically.
5: So the new ASICs are seven nanometers, from what I remember. And I I don't remember any any of these. I don't know if you guys remember the cloud-based mining contract places that they had in Seattle or in, like, uh, was it Greenland, that they did geothermal-based mining. But I don't. I think that they all went out of business though,
4: right? Yeah. Yeah. And the the difficulty there is that um, the early dominance of of mining by the companies that that, uh, made it their business to be able to upgrade their silicon as quickly as possible, gave them enough cash to be able to buy out all of the manufacturing of new chips and make it almost impossible to source chips. Um, and, and yeah, that advantage is not permanent, however. I think um, that recent events have demonstrated that even that monopolist position is, is tenuous. Uh, all it takes is a couple of mistakes or missteps or, you know, choosing the wrong side of a fork and suddenly you're three-quarters of a billion dollars in the hole.
5: Mm. So what's the market model for, I guess turning mining I I don't know if this kind of goes back to what you're saying Corey but like monopolizing uh, mining to some degree um, in the form of like corporations that take in money from outside investors to try and keep up with the latest miners to kind of have a monopoly on purchasing the newest miners to be that much more ahead of other pools I guess
4: well, I think the, the the main thing that it takes is more mainstream chip manufacturers getting into the game by realizing that this is not going away anytime soon. This industry is not going away. I think um, a lot of the chip manufacturers are very reluctant to open new business lines. Um, you know, it took a very long time for um, the GPU market to really peel away from the CPU manufacturers and and become the driver of a whole new set of chip manufacturers. It took a long time, and we see it now in in the mobile industry where a single uh, chip manufacturer dominates the mobile industry with Qualcomm. Mm-hmm. Um, it we have a similar thing where now uh, neural network chips again are dominated by um, really by one manufacturer, and that's Nvidia. Um, and and so. These niche markets, before they become much more competitive among the different chip manufacturers at first are only dominated by the companies that are willing to take a risk that this market isn't going away, that, it, that it's here to stay, and that it requires specialist chips. I, I think we're going to join, we're going to see, you know, all of those industries, um, just like GPUs now have much more competition in them. Um, we're going to see the same with neural network chips, um, and AI chips, uh, as well as mining chips.
5: So can I I ask one last question on the subject of mining chips real quick? Yeah, go for it, man. Um, so I guess like I heard hearsay that a lot of the miners in China were just, um, like rural farmers turned like, uh, excess electricity chasers in like i guess rural parts of china world where, where they tap like um wherever the generation for the power generation facility like near those uh, areas tap distribution lines coming off and then set up miners and then i guess local enforcement would come by and figure out that there were people there and they'd kick them out and they do the same thing again so like what's the average miner look like globally because I know in the in the U.S. people joke that it's like college kids leeching free energy off of university campuses, um, but I guess globally, mm-hmm. what does that look like?
4: Well, I, I mean, I think it depends. And first of all, it's it's very difficult to get reliable information because mm-hmm. um, we only see a very small subset. There's a very very good reasons why people who are doing this kind of work will want to remain anonymous, and one of the reason is 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 not because of how they're sourcing electricity, but Because, um, being involved in digital currencies in places like China opens you up to a lot of potential political coercion. Um, so they want to keep themselves as quiet as possible. Yeah, maybe they're, you know, run by night operations where they're hijacking a a power transmission line. Um, you know, and you hear about the, the cops coming in and shutting down shop. I bet you don't hear about all of those cases where the cops come in and go, well, what do we have here, gentlemen? It looks like this is an illegal mining operation. And uh, and the owner goes, well, how much would it take for it to not look like an illegal mining operation? (laughs) (laughs) Because I don't see an illegal mining operation. I see a fortune cookie factory or whatever the hell they, you know and and the the policeman walks away uh with a newly installed electrum wallet and a big smile on their face um Wait. you know the,
3: are you saying the- that there's a legal activity
4: yeah, oh, there's a ton what? of illegal activity, and I think, and I think that also translates into into a lot of bribing. It's one of the it's one of the resilient aspects of mining because you know when the central government goes shut down all mining, and they call the district office and they go, "Hey, do you have any mining in your district?" And the district <laughs> manager goes, "Our district? Oh no, sir, we shut that down a long time ago." Um, Link, wink, yeah. we the wink, wink, wink. <laughs> exactly. Did you hear about the latest one? The latest one is, uh, mosques in Iran where, uh, by, by law and maybe even by constitution, the mosques, uh, get free electricity from the state. Um, oh, wow. Oh, no. And yes. And, and they, <laughs> and they have, uh, and they've been installing, uh, Bitcoin miners inside the mosques. Um and what, running ASICs inside the mosques. So what country did you say? Iran. Iran. Ooh. That's hot. a touchy yeah. subject hot. in the States right now. Well, you know. We can't go there. Yeah, well, the United States was a touchy subject back there in 1979, but yeah, who's counting? Yeah, yeah. They're our best buds
3: right now. Nah, and
4: best buds, <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> So, the, but but the interesting thing is that um, apparently what that means is that Bitcoin is God's work.
1: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I had not made that connection. You heard it here. That's 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 what I think. I've um, been waiting a while for Twitter to have the like. You remember the Jeff Goldblum Jurassic Park? Life finds a way. Just like put a little Bitcoin emblem on the water droplet. Say Bitcoin finds a way because it seems like it's unstoppable at this point. I've been in this for a while. Every time there's some something that looks like it could take it down for the count, it's like no, that's not taking it down for the count- India banned it right, and the price dropped a little bit, but look look right where we are today.
4: Well, it China, dropped quote, here, unquote, but it, it actually went it went up in india
3: oh yeah i I imagine so and so
4: and 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 what that does is it creates an incentive to bypass the law, which is one of these interesting effects, which is when it's banned in a country, the price increases, which then Uh, creates just the right incentives for those who are smuggling crypto into that country to continue to build infrastructure. So the difference in price actually funds the infrastructure to evade that law.
0: It's the the market discovery price of how much it costs to uh, convince somebody to break the law.
4: (laughs) Exactly. It's exactly that. Um, Mm -hmm. And... There's also the other part, which is part of the price also reflects the discount on rupees. So when I, when I went to India, I got asked by Indian people, why is Bitcoin 25% more expensive in India? And I said, it's not. Um, Bitcoin costs exactly the same in India. It's, it's rupees that are uh, 25% less um, in Bitcoin. Um, it's not Bitcoin that's twenty five percent more. They're like, but that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, well, let me let me demonstrate. If I go and ask someone if they will sell me Bitcoin for dollars in India, what price do you think they're going to quote me? And turns out they'd quote me the same dollar price that I get in the US um, because I was giving them hard currency in return for their Bitcoin.
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> right? <laughs> but for rupees they want twenty five percent more. So that doesn't reflect the Bitcoin price in India. It reflects the rupee price in Bitcoin. <laughs> um, hey,
0: um, day, it's basically
4: it's be... saying, go ahead. Sorry, it, it's basically saying that rupees are being discounted by twenty percent because they're not exportable currency. They're not currency that you can move, uh, and so you can't arbitrage away the discount. So whereas dollars are currency you move, and therefore you can arbitrage away the discount. And so there is no discount. It's the exact same as the U.S. price.
5: It's interesting that you bring that up because I've been trading um, since 2014 uh, in games that are on Steam. Like, I don't know. You probably I don't know if you know Counter Strike, that old mm-hmm. game so yep. you know the new kids at least the kids as of like three four years ago 12 year olds transacting in bitcoin to trade knives worth thousands of dollars i'd see kids who have hundreds of bitcoin and i'd be like wow really and uh <laughs> 12. And, and uh and you know so there's this there's this idea that whether it's rupees whether it's uh this the strength of the dollar that you know you're willing to buy that that people you know jack up the price of bitcoin in rupees, 20 percent more. That that same concept, I guess, and the economics of game transacting with twelve-year-olds applies as well. Where uh, in CS:GO, the rupees are the equivalent of like the CS:GO keys, and so that's how they bypassed uh, Steam's market trading restrictions. So they'd use a combination of the value of the rarity of the skins, combined with the these keys, combined with Bitcoin, and then they'd figure it out trading opportunities to keep accumulating bitcoin back then so you Mm. probably got like a lot of little kids with enormous sums of bitcoin nowadays (laughs) oh my god yeah i mean these are
4: far yeah these these are viral markets and because they're decentralized and because in different places people will use it for different purposes and there's all of these fragmented legal frameworks and all of these different markets there it, it's absolutely impossible to to stamp it down everywhere because it doesn't have a single uh, a single form everywhere uh it doesn't have a single use it it has all of these different forms it takes in all of these different environments um mm-hmm. and yeah it persists it persists like like a virus or a fungus
3: i want to take it back to kind of the beginning of the conversation so you wrote mastering ethereum I and you said it had a you know, it had cold praise in some camps and, and warm praise in others. What what were some of the reasons people were elated to have it? Some of the reasons that they thought you were a, a Judas.
4: Well, you know, um, I think in the I think in the Ethereum community and um, and more broadly in in many of the places where people are 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 trying to learn how to develop um, software and they need to understand a broad picture across multiple technologies it was received very well because a book like that was needed and you know anytime someone said you know we need a book in ethereum they'd say just like mastering bitcoin is for bitcoin so um a book was needed that would explain in in accessible and simple terms um in a a usable way uh, a very complex and fast-moving technology so the people the, the Ethereum community received it very well, um even though there was a lot of skepticism at first, because people thought I was a Bitcoin maximalist or that I was going to use this book to play politics et cetera which i I don't do and in the end, the book was well received because once people read it, they're like okay great this is this is useful um so so that's what happened there uh and i I'm very happy with the result because to me this is the book I wish I had when I was trying to learn how to use Ethereum and how to develop um, smart contracts. Oh, Jesus, and that, that was too. my goal from the beginning. <laughs> Good Lord, me too. Yeah, um. so that, that was my goal, right? Um, I'll write the book that I wish I had. And I feel that I achieved that. Um, and But in the Bitcoin community, there were some, not, not a lot, but some uh, people who were very offended that i decided to write about about the technology and it's really funny because people come up to me all the time and they say well why did you write a book about ethereum um, it's a it's a shit coin or something like that and, and i'll say oh okay um have you read the book no i don't need to read the book it's a shitcoin. well okay well how about you read the book and maybe in the book, you'll see what I found interesting about this technology. But it was pre-mined, it's shitcoin. Well, <laughs> sure, but I I didn't write about the economic distribution of the book. I wrote about the technology and why it interests me. And it's not just Ethereum, it's just that all of the interesting things happening with virtual machine, smart contract programming are happening in Ethereum because that's the one leading the way. Um, so You know, I wrote it because I thought the topic was interesting. Yeah, I don't want to read it. Well, okay. listen, it's free. It's on GitHub. Um, I will consider opinions based on having read the book. I will not waste my time on people who have opinions without having read the work I put in.
5: Yeah, that's I mean, strong. A valid argument. Well, opinions
0: without backing have no weight. I mean, there's right, like there's no, there's no reason to consider them because there's nothing behind them, and so it's just people and I, I, talking.
4: Yeah, and I, I understand that some people are a bit upset, but you know, if they think that by by being interested in another technology, I stopped being interested in Bitcoin, they they're not really paying attention to my work. Uh, mm. Because first of all, I continue to do the vast majority of my work uh, in Bitcoin. Um, and nothing's changed in my principles. It's just that I never took a loyalty oath. I never promised to be in a monotonous relationship with Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there was no such oath. And, uh, if I'm interested in another chain, um, I'm going to, uh, explore that and learn about it and spend some of my time exploring and developing my intellectual curiosity. Um, and if some of the Bitcoin maximalists turn around and go, why are you looking at that chain? I, I, am I not good enough? I'll tell you what, um, if you're secure enough in your chain and, and what it does <laughs> and the principles that it has, you're not threatened by other chains. Only people who are insecure are threatened by whether I'm loyal to one chain or willing to explore and learn about other things. I'm actually so confident that I don't feel that anything threatens Bitcoin for the application that Bitcoin is best at. And that is a robust, state-level, interference-resistant, censorship-resistant, global currency and payment system. in that application, it is absolutely unbeatable. I'm confident in that, and nothing threatens that. It's
0: mm-hmm. an interesting question based on that. I think you're uniquely qualified to answer based on the kind of the fact that you've dove so deeply into both of these systems. Um, smart contracts will come to Bitcoin eventually, in some way, shape, or form. Like mm-hmm. Let me say this a little better. Um, more generalized smart contracts will become to Bitcoin eventually, with something like Taproot and. Uh, Mass and, and snore signatures and all the things that those entail um, what have you learned or like maybe based on the way ethereum is pushing the boundaries of how smart contracts work, how contracts work can any of that stuff actually be ported over because the underlying infrastructure of these two systems is very different and how you do smart contracts with the evm and ethereum can't really be ported over and part and parcel to bitcoin they're going to have to do it differently but can bitcoin learn a lot of lessons from what ethereum has learned doing smart contracts
4: I think the most important lesson to learn is that um, it's not worth the price you pay, which is, I hope we won't see generalized smart contracts ported over to Bitcoin because that's going to spoil what Bitcoin does best. There are some fundamental engineering trade-offs required in order to do that kind of work, to do generalized smart contracts. I think the simplicity and limited scope of the Bitcoin script language is one of the most important features which keeps Bitcoin very robust and secure, and which means that you can rely on um, on the smart contracts being um, very difficult to compromise or find vulnerabilities. If we try to do more generalized smart contracts, and certainly if we try to do Turing complete smart contracts, that opens a can of worms that that, that will damage Bitcoin's robustness. And it's, I, I don't think we're going that way. And I, I don't think we should go that way because that involves sacrificing some properties that are very important in Bitcoin to achieve something that Ethereum already does better. you feel Why?
0: Taproot is pushing that?
4: No, not at all. It, it, Taproot doesn't fundamentally change um, the scripting capability of, of Bitcoin. All it does is it provides better... Um, better privacy characteristics around script ex- script execution and more co- compact expression of scripts, but it doesn't fundamentally change the the capability of script. Yeah. Script is still limited. It's stack-based, and um, it's Turing incomplete, and it should remain that way. Hmm. I'll make the argument the other way around, too, which is for exactly the same reasons, Ethereum can't provide... A stable monetary base and a, and a very strongly censorship resistant, robust payment system. And it shouldn't try.
3: Thank you for that.
4: That, that. that application domain is already occupied by Bitcoin. There's no reason to try to do everything. Uh, specialization is better. And, um, you can't be a jack of all trades without basically being mediocre at multiple things. We don't need mediocre in this space. It, the stakes are too damn high
5: one question about bitcoin what is the biggest improvement that you'd like to see
4: uh privacy Mm -hmm. taproot goes a long Um, way for that it 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 does if if and when it's merged yes that's a
0: big that's a big Um, one i
4: guess and and then you've got to consider that that's not enough unless the vast majority of wallets use it by default on every transaction Which, because the problem is that the, the feature set of Bitcoin is not determined by the capabilities of the client or the script. It's determined by the implementation of wallets. So right now, you know, we're two years into, um, into SegWit. And you, you still can, can count on less than half of all of the wallets deployed uh, having the ability to do native batch 32 SegWit addresses. And, and, Um, not many more being able to do P2SH-wrapped SegWit. So the problem is that the wallets lag by at least a couple of years. So we're looking at three years out for Taproot, TapScript, and Schnorr to be implemented in mainstream wallets.
1: Why
0: is
4: that? You'd think they'd be
0: the first ones to implement these features that come on because it would give them a heads-up and use cases and being downloaded.
4: Well, there's two reasons. One it, is it that th- things are moving too fast. And when you're at the front end of the feature set, the, the wallets end up facing the users and, and having to deal with all of the support costs of introducing change. Every time they introduce a change, that creates a support cost when people misunderstand the change or it's not implemented or bugs creep in, et cetera, all of that cost is borne by wallets and exchanges that work as wallets, right? So they're reluctant to introduce change too fast. And the other thing is that other than exchanges, the vast majority of wallets don't have a monetization, um, a, a good monetization solution. I, I think it's, there's a big problem in our space because the wallets either have a, uh, f- free with advertising or free with donations model, um, that, that isn't, doesn't really work. And, and it's why every six months I have to abandon a wallet and find a new one because it's mm-hmm. just not maintained anymore. It's um, because, yeah, it's too expensive to maintain. So I would, I would love to see people charging for wallets. And I, I've told a lot of people who, who work on wallets that they really should uh, approach it with a freemium attitude where there's a free version and then there's a premium version that has additional capabilities and additional support for which they charge a good price you know a buck 99 a month or something like that yeah. generates a nice steady stream of income i'd pay for it through google play for a good wallet with support hell yes i'd pay for it yeah. um i, I think a lot of people, people would yeah, people yeah, would love they to think that, yeah, I, I think they're afraid to charge. And and that's a big mistake because what ends up happening is they run out of enthusiasm and money, um, or they get compromised by some investment interest and or they launch a shitcoin, even worse, to do an ICO or something like that, and and then bread. they stop being maintained. <laughs>
3: I, I think it'd be it's an excellent idea if they would charge two dollars a month. I mean, why wouldn't they? Uh you know, I think a lot of the challenge also is in the space is so decentralized, uh, that there's no if people are using a wallet, how often are they using it if they're not trading? Right? They're they're not using it often if they're not trading. I, I look at my little market crypto app more than I look at my wallets because I understand what's going on with the wallets. I understand what's in there. It's I mean, just... I
4: use I use a wallet two or three times a week because I run my business on crypto. Um, yeah. So I use both Bitcoin and Ethereum wallets. I pay salaries. Um, in fact, I just recently um, saw a new feature in Electrum that actually threw me for a bit of a loop at first. They introduced a nice change, really nice change in the code, um, but it confused me as a user and I had no way of figuring out what it was um, if if I wasn't technically minded. So I was paying my salaries and and I made three different payments to three different people um, in in a row. And I I made the second and third payment before the first one was was even confirmed. Um, and because it was replaced by fee, instead of spending the change and chaining the transaction together It turned the first transaction into a batch transaction by adding outputs. It was like, okay, the first one hasn't gone out, so Hmm. rather than doing another transaction, let's add an output to the first one since it's RBF. Um, And then Hmm. it added an, and then it added another, another output. So at the end, I only had one transaction. I'm like, where, where did my other two transactions go? I had to like open it up and look at the outputs. I'm like, oh, it batched them. Nice. Also, it didn't tell me. Fuck. <laughs> <That was confusing. laughs> you know. Um I I pay for a feature like that, right? Um and and some wallets do it really well. Uh, and some wallets are very very slow t- to add features. So again, back to the topic at hand, privacy. Um I think we need to do more than just taproots and tap scripts, but I'm worried that it's gonna take way too long and i think the only reason it's going to happen is because there is a much more robust attack against bitcoin um which i would guess is coming soon we're going to see much more government intervention against crypto i think in the coming years oh big time yeah we're we're no longer innocuous and easy to ignore now that that brings up there's a
0: lot of things happening in the space right now which which are, are giving you direct evidence for something like this and I guess the main thing for that is Libra and then also the government's response to Libra. Mm. Yeah. I mean that this, yeah, this, I mean, those are two siren no. songs of looking at what's going on. One we we're, we're, as D has been putting it for the past 3 years, we're creating the final boss that technologies like Bitcoin are going to have to face to become to become I guess uh more yeah. ubiquitous and used as well the as we're seeing I, I, I it's,
4: it's the other way around okay bitcoin i mean we're creating final the boss. last
0: boss of middlemen no i mean i mean like, i mean final boss for 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 bitcoin or for like open and permissionless cryptocurrencies
4: yeah bitcoin is the final boss and it's a level you can't be <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's <gasps> supersonic but like but to, what to the average user to the average user they're not going to really know the difference because they're just, getting, they're just getting capabilities put into their hands. And, and in a situation like Facebook, they already have the technology. They're just getting an extra Who's feature the
4: average into. user?
0: I don't know. I mean, that depends. Like people who are ignorant to the whole thing right now are going to be introduced okay. to the concept through something
4: like Libra. So if the average user is the average of seven and a half billion people, first, they don't have Facebook. Um, secondly, mm-hmm. they don't have a smartphone. And thirdly, um, they're not going to get Libra.
0: Isn't that Libra's point? That. Isn't that their, their goal in producing something like that? Is to get access to those people?
4: Not realistically. Um, not realistically, because um they will be banned in any country where that's a meaningful um a meaningful threat to central bank and government control. The response from India was very uh very illuminating. Almost immediately you heard from politicians in India saying that it would never be allowed. Um and and for good reason, because next time India does a devaluation, which they've done a few times already, um, and I'm just using that as an example, it could be any other country that's doing that, but next time they do a devaluation, if users can simply switch to Libra, then the central bank just lost its power. Uh, they can no longer erode away the debt and print money and prevent people from going to a hard currency. They can do that today with currency controls. They can't if they've allowed Libra into their country. So they're not going to allow Libra into the country. So it's not going to help the unbanked in india and and they're more technologically advanced you think they're going to do that in sub-saharan africa or south america or southeast asia hell no so then yeah. the
5: then just change the the wording of cory's question to be the average american event, investor into crypto i guess mm-hmm. or the the average american that would invest in libra i don't think investing
0: in libra is a thing it's supposed to be a stable coin I mean yeah
4: there's there's well that's interesting because uh, of course that means um that it's not going to have the same um the same viral capability that fomo creates which is which is interesting you know maybe we'll come to see fomo as a feature not a bug um <laughs> but hmm. but but the whole uh, you know libra in the developed world Um, sure. I mean, but what is it other than PayPal with a shinier interface? They're still going to freeze accounts. They're going to seize accounts. Uh, They're going to censor specific types of payments. You're not going to be able to use it to pay whoever you want. And you're not going to be able to use it to pay across borders uh, more easily than PayPal. They're going to have to deliver the full kit and caboodle of KYC and AML. There's no question about that. And, yeah, but it, have it. and if anything, because they're more threatening to governments, they're already saying stop. Um, which is really funny. I can just imagine, you know, the discussion in the, in the briefing room of, of the senator's office. And the senator's <laughs> got all of his millennials around with their briefing papers. Is like, okay, so this Libra, uh, is this like Bitcoin? Uh, no, sir. Can we stop it? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's Another it. In in one week, in one week, they released a paper saying, "Stop it! Just stop it!" I,
0: uh, right? I think yeah. I mentioned that, and I think the last show it's like this is evidence that if there is something that somebody can go after, they will, and and it, and it's, it should be at least a um, something that people should recognize when building infrastructure, building a company, yeah. building a technology that if you have centralized points of failure, they people it will be gone after, and that's that's we saw that in the whole peer to peer industry with Napster an and so yeah, that, so I
4: mean. Forth. Exactly. They're going to they're going to call Mark Zuckerberg up in front of Congress or the Senate's financial oversight committee and say, come and explain this to us. We're going to do hearings. Um, you know, who they're going to call with Bitcoin?
3: You me. I hope they call me. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What's
0: going on, Senators? <laughs> the, the, the... <laughs> what do you all need to know? You guys are I the Bitcoin call. podcast. You clearly own the thing, right?
4: Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. exactly. We owned it for a while, yeah. actually. Well, we we so we start we started the podcast first, and then we started Bitcoin yeah. to fund it.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin was just a shit coin.
4: You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how Libra worked, right? Yeah. It is <laughs> actually how Libra works.
1: Yeah,
3: it's, that's one of the things, though, that, that we hit on is that Bitcoin is great, and cryptocurrencies are great, but they're so close to how people already operate that this huge philosophical change that drives this new epoch is so far away because people are still whether we like to believe it or not people are still adapting and adopting the internet yeah they just do it in weird way like for instance when cello was on last time he talked about his mom and i talk about my mom who thinks that the internet is facebook she searched for web pages through facebook's search engine and i'm like don't why are you doing that? She's like, cause it's the internet. And I'm like,
4: you don't know how any of this works. Yeah, <laughs> and <then> so- exactly. <laughs> and so- but she doesn't need to, here's the thing. She doesn't need to. When's the last time, one of the things she was looking for was censored, oh, you know, man. not likely, you know, of course, every time she hits enter into that search engine, American democracy dies a bit, but she doesn't notice that for 20 years. <laughs> uh, and that's, 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 that <laughs> subtle connection between, Using Facebook and democracy dying by, by tiny measure every time you do it um, is, is not noticeable by most. But let, let me put it in another way. What is crypto about? What is Bitcoin about? What are all of these cryptocurrencies and blockchain, open, public, censorship-resistant, immutable blockchains about?
0: Freedom. Freedom. Inclusion. <laughs> Freedom.
4: Great. <laughs> so what it, when, when we say, will people really want to use crypto or will they use Libra? Um, Do people need crypto? Let me rephrase that for you. Um, Will people really want to use freedom? Do people need freedom? And the answer stares at you right in the face. People who have freedom don't need freedom. People who already think they have freedom don't need freedom. And people don't seek out freedom until they don't have freedom anymore or their freedom is restricted. So who uses crypto? People who need freedom. And they need freedom because they don't have freedom. Why why does the average American not need crypto? Because they already have freedom. Well, not... a
5: lot of Americans have crypto. <laughs> they want more freedom,
3: baby. We're just getting yeah. in on the freedom ground. And they're in freedom. But,
4: but but they don't they don't use it to do transactions. They use it as a spec and they don't have crypto. They have they have crypto accounts at custodial exchanges, which means it's not their coins because it's not their keys. Um, But when you go to South America, when you go to Southeast Asia and you see people who actually use crypto and they use it to sell their services to American companies and do cross-border transactions instead of PayPal, or they use it to do remittances, or they use it to fund a startup, they're using crypto for transactional freedom. And for them, there is nothing else that can do that. It's as simple as that.
0: I hope we get there fast. So would you say like a calling card or like a good motto for Bitcoin right now is like Bitcoin come and come speculate on future freedom?
1: Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what's happening now, other than like the places that actually need it, which I would which I would argue is a very small percentage of the actual use of Bitcoin. Right now, it's people just speculating on the future value of freedom.
4: Yeah. In a world where freedom yeah. is slowly dying, one man <laughs> bought futures of freedom, and now oh everyone resents his Lambo. Okay. In, in a world, Morgan Freeman.
0: <laughs> in a world, um, <laughs> exactly. D does that too. I want well. that movie.
3: Yeah, <laughs> freedom is slowly dying. Um, we'll probably
0: start wrapping up from here. Sure. We're sitting at about an hour. Uh, D, did you have something you wanted to say, real quick?
3: No, I, I usually like to try and talk about Lightning, but that's probably a whole other episode that hopefully will come back a sixth time for just saying. <laughs> um, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin?
4: Why do you do this every time to me? And I'm because always it's our unprepared, we, even, we though we times, wow. e- even though I've done Maybe it five times. Even though I've done it five times, I'm still. <laughs> okay, We
3: have a book. It's the title of the book. We, I mean, it's our thing. It's just what it, It's what we do.
4: Bitcoin is freedom, and if what you need is freedom, nothing else will do.
3: It's close. Uh, If we stop before the semicolon, we're good to go. Okay. Very Um, good. (laughs) Thank you. Sorry for coming on again.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye. You too. too.
3: And we're back from the interview with uh, Andreas. We hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, If if you want to continue yeah quality
0: long episodes
3: yeah it's good give you that good quality bitcoin podcast that you're used to- quality um long. yeah so a lot of good talk. I didn't expect him to have such a good recant to Jesse's question about energy usage, but damn, I was like, ooh, yes, that's the andreas we like the one that has the answers
0: <laughs> I feel like he's turned i mean he he's he doesn't it's interesting because he understands a lot of the technicals um, better than almost everyone, or most, for mm-hmm. that matter. Uh, but he spends most of his time talking in a political manner, like things like this, like an- answering, fielding much broader scoped questions. But because of that understanding, he's able to do it well. Um, yeah. you know what I mean. Like he's, most of his questions aren't like, "How does Bitcoin work anymore?" It's like, "What happens?" Like questions like Jesse. was like, you know, how does how does the energy production of Bitcoin work in the, in the, in the long tail future. Hmm. I mean, I, at a certain Jesse,
2: th- by the way, too, I wasn't there because I felt like five was a crowd. So I, I heard he did a good job.
3: Yeah. I, I think the more, the closer we get to adoption, the more politically framed the answers have to be because then you're dealing with swaths of people and there's no way around politics ever if you're a grown adult you're going to deal with politics on some way in some way shape or form in office in your family in your community you're going to deal with it it's just a natural like emergent quality of humans acting in mass so i'm not surprised Corey, that he's answering more questions like that
0: no i'm not either it's just it's kind of interesting to see like it's very difficult to find a person who's capable of doing that because it requires a deep understanding as well as the ability to like have more of a broader, nuanced viewpoint. He's not he's not polarizing in, in any way. He's he's capable mm-hmm. of looking outside of himself, learning from other things, and then taking it back to how it applies to Bitcoin. Because he believes in Bitcoin I'd say the most. And I think his I don't know, Did are- you
3: see the speech when someone asked him what governments are gonna do about Bitcoin to shut it down? And he was like, I sell them good fucking luck. Like that's pretty polarizing.
0: Well, like that's well, the thing. It's like you, you, one, you can't shut down Bitcoin; you just make it more difficult for your jurisdiction to use it. Yeah, but which like, is like, costly, like we said, right? It's like it's a, it's a, it's 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 a proxy for freedom in a lot of ways. This yeah. technology it's, is when done right.
3: Yeah, it's a beautiful game too, because at a certain point, Bitcoin might become so easily, so valued, so high, and easy to use that you're actually wasting money trying to get your people not to use it, your constituents not to use it. So it's like, well, can't beat them, join them. But without going down that rabbit hole, let's wrap, wrap it up. Yeah. Like a well-packaged Amazon product. Awesome. So we're the Bitcoin podcast flagship show, the Bitcoin podcast network. You can find us on Twitter at, at the BTC podcast. You can find us on Instagram at the BTC podcast, uh, if you are an Instagram thought, please reach out to us. We'd like your services. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. This is, this is false. Um, what else do we do, guys? We have blogs. We have a sh- store now. We have a book um, called In 10 Words or Less Can You Describe Bitcoin, Ethereum, or Blockchain? Um, you should go buy it if you go to bitcoinpodcast.com. Or the bitcoinpodcast.network you can click on the book it'll take you through the how to buy it procedure actually dot network doesn't work hasn't worked what's wrong wrong?
0: i'll just move the redirect it should
3: work work now what okay anyways go to the bitcoinpodcast.com um again we have a lot of stuff in our store you can go to our store use the discount andreas get 10 percent off all the things um Store.TheBitcoinPodcast.com um,
2: What else am I missing? We got a new show launching this week. We do? Yes. Blocked by Design. There we go. New And show Reem called came on Blocked. the show to
0: talk about it. Yep.
3: Blocked by Design. It should be coming to you guys. So if you're interested in UI, UX, all things design, Reem's going to sit you down and educate you. Um yeah, that's about it. Enjoy just the headers. Uh please, if you if you're listening and you want to support the show, do bigger and better things, go to Patreon. We have a Patreon. Uh you could spend a little bit a month and you can get things like flaming hot Cheetos or discounts, monthly discounts at the store. We're ramping it up, guys. We're ramping it up. You guys got anything to add? Um to slang. Yeah. talk to us. Vote for Yang. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Shout out to Zoe Saldana, Zassi Beats, the lovely Carla Lewis. uh, Play.